Hi guys, and welcome to the 16th podcast of the ASU Sports Business Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. Once again, thanks for your feedback from the previous podcast uh, with Ben Sadler from Alive and Kicking. Um, for me, for sure, when I was asking those questions, I didn't realise the impact that uh, grassroots sports can have on sports and just how much they, they contribute to an economy. So that was really good. If you haven't listened... Um, I ain't mad at you, don't worry, but have a listen to that, and yeah, so today, episode 16, I've come a long way, but um, yeah, I'm back again with Paul, Paul, hey how's guys. it going? All good, all good, thank you, and yourself? Decent, can't complain, yeah. can't complain, Good. it's good to be back, it's been a long while, hasn't it? Yep, 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 let's get back at it. So, today, actually, before, before I uh, get into it, what we're going to do today, it's actually been a while, um, as I mentioned since we've done our last podcast, um, loads have happened so far in sports in general. They've, we've seen the ending of various seasons, the uh, Women's World Cup's going on. Yeah. At the time of recording, Nigeria have beaten, I think, South Korea 2-0, and USA thumped um, Thailand 13-0. Yeah. What's, what's your thoughts on that, actually? Um, like, does, it, does, it, does it make you think, oh, right, this is a bit... I mean, it makes it very clear that there's a massive imbalance in terms yeah. of quality. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps still a way to go, maybe. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I don't... I'm trying to think of what the biggest men's defeat in... Yeah, it's true, same. Know. When I heard that, I was thinking the same, too. Um, 8 no. what was the Germany results then? Was it 8 Was it, yeah, I think 8-0 yeah. or 8-1 or something like that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean... Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. And it can happen. Yeah, and yeah. I, I watched... I didn't watch all of the game, the USA game. I watched some of it, and I can't lie, the quality was, was yeah, the finishes good. were, yeah. and the technique. I think the quality has been been really good, actually. Yeah, very um, good. I think the Brazilians have been really good. They beat Jamaica 3-0 yeah, yeah. the other day. Yeah. Um, England have done okay. I think it was a nervy, not nervy start from England, but it was a, it was a closer game than I thought against yeah. Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah. But yeah, that's the Women's World Cup. Uh, what else is Liverpool the greatest team in the land they won the Champions League congratulations to Liverpool congratulations to all Liverpool fans um, and yeah it's just been an interesting yeah. good uh, conclusion to, to various leagues yeah and because we've got obviously the Cricket World Cup going on at the moment yeah, as well yeah yeah unfortunately England. obviously in England there's a yeah. lot of rain yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of rain but that's been going on well though um, and we've got the NBA Finals going on. Indeed. Very Toronto, close. Toronto, Golden State. 3-2 to Toronto as of now. Um, yeah, yeah. What's today's date? Today's the 12th. Game right? 6 tonight, yeah. 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 So it could be wrapped up tonight. Where do you, where do you, think, where, where do you think it's going to go? Um, I would like it to go to Toronto. Yeah? Yeah, for, for various reasons, some yeah. of which I'll be going on to we'll later on. We'll get into on. that soon. But, um, <laughs> Uh, I like Kawhi Leonard. I think you know it's time for some change. I just like I just like the Raptors, but yeah. I won't go into it in general. Yeah, yeah. But I do like KD, so I'm a bit like. Mm. Yeah, and KD's injured now, yeah. and so that's probably more of a reason why I think Toronto have a chance of winning yeah, tonight in, in in the Oracle, you know, in Golden yeah. State. So we'll see. But yes, we shall see. Um, but guys, as usual, subscribe, comment, share, um, let, and please let us know your thoughts of the podcast so far. Um, the feedback's been great but there's always room for improvement you know so let us know um, this is like a big community that we're trying to grow and you guys are part of it so give us your feedback let us know in like comments on our socials on Instagram on Twitter Facebook uh, email too so yeah it'd be great to hear from you but uh, today as I mentioned we want to do something slightly different um, it's been a long time in the works but 
this episode is going to be yeah, it's going to be a spotlight on African sports executives. So those guys who you may not necessarily see or you may not have necessarily heard of, you know, the guys in the boardrooms doing the things behind the scenes so what's, what we can see happens. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Should be good. And of course, this doesn't mean if you miss out on anyone, it doesn't mean they're not good or the people that we do mention are the greatest. It's just from our from our you know from our own knowledge and our own experiences but this is a great opportunity to get involved let us know your thoughts too we'll be starting a um a series also on instagram called unsung pioneers so look out for that um again highlight people executives who are doing great things in the world of sport and well especially the african sports market so let's uh let's 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 get straight into it um initially i, I must say i like prepared like three you know to go back and forth with Paul but he just got one and he's and this and it's a great case um but should I start instead of the most yeah let's see yeah why not let's, let's all right see. cool let's, see. let's go to be honest with you there's not there's not we didn't set any criteria for this yeah, yeah. we just thought okay who do we think are actually doing great things in in that space um, and obviously Paul you can grill me whatever so my first pick is Cynthia Mumba okay she's from Kenya she owns an agency called Sports Connect Africa. Um, yeah, it's like a, they do events, they broke deals, partnerships. And the reason why I say, I think she's like a, I don't know, I was going to say this word, trailblazer. <laughs> or one of the people that to, to highlight is because she's really um, spoken up and doing great things in that area, especially in Kenya. Um, I think maybe it's our fifth or second or third podcast I've done with her when she was actually in London receiving an award at Leaders, 40 Under 40. I think she was the first African to receive the award and talked to her about her experiences. Everyone was just amazed about, you know, not only what's going on in the African sports market, but just about her and her experiences. And I think in this space that we're in, you know, like commercial, sports, breaking deals, could be cutthroat sometimes. She's really thinking long-term. Mm. And again, one of the things that we know about the African sports market, from what we've spoken, or what people have said, is that maybe people don't think long-term enough. They're okay. always thinking short-term. And Cynthia's really thinking long-term. So, for example, she, re she recently held a masterclass, a sports hall masterclass with, I've got the lawyer's name, but I think he's like a Neymar's lawyer okay. in Kenya, which was great. So he came in talking about, you know, sports law, the impacts, you know, T's and C's and just unpacking it all for, for the people that went. So she's really thinking long-term. And I don't want to reveal like, what her plans are, but yeah. like, she can see the bigger picture. And just the, the links that she has. Um, personally, when she was working, when I was working at an agency, she helped us a lot with some of the, the local brands in, in Africa who, yeah, the market is different. So not necessarily I would think, oh, they'll be interested in sports. It's yeah. really like, you know, government bodies and, um, organizations who maybe want to get youth to 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 have like bank accounts or to register the deals online, so they're using sport to, to do those kind of things. And yeah. she's yeah, man, she's she's doing great. She's a she's a woman, which I think is big too. Yeah, <laughs> really big in that in that area. She's really like changing people's perceptions um, about sports in Africa and educating people about the importance. And she's really like she's really active on Twitter too. So when there's things going on, she's not afraid to tweet people and yeah. at people. Yeah. And she, yeah, she's just a, 
she just she just she's good she's good she's good so it seems like a lot of her support and stuff um kind of goes past sport transcends sport and it does help yeah the economy is it is it a particular focus on kenya or yeah mainly kenya mainly okay. kenya like east african regions but mainly kenya that's where okay. she's based uh sports wise um basketball she, i think she's uh like an affiliate of the nba africa okay so she helps in that operations yeah. in, in in kenya and east african region yeah. she loves that uh, she plays it, her son plays it, so she's really passionate about that. And many sports too, like rugby, uh, football, anything that Kenya involved in really. She's, uh, she speaks up about it. Um, she often says that Africans don't love themselves, that's why they don't really value maybe what they have on their, on their mm-hmm. doorstep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's, yeah, she challenges perception and it's really good. It's really, really that's good. A, that's, a, that's a bold statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can, I can see both sides. I can see both sides. Yeah. So if you if you ever have a chance to sit down and talk to her, she's uh, yeah, she's she's frank and she's open about how things are. Um. So yeah, that's I think that's my that's my first one for that's sure. First one. Should I go into my first one? Which is your first and only one, right? One. First. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So, um, I mean, earlier on we mentioned the NBA Finals and we have the uh, Toronto Raptors versus Golden State Warriors. And, um, again, it's a bit, it might be a bit of a long one, um, but we'll see. Uh, a, a, bit, a bit of context. Um, Toronto Raptors are a fairly new franchise team in the NBA. Yeah. And they've never actually gone to the NBA Finals. Mm. So this is the first time they have, they have gone to the NBA Finals. It's a really exciting time. Yep. Um, but in the time they, you know, they have been in the NBA, they have tried. Now, about five years ago, I wouldn't say, I think, yeah, five years ago, 2013, five, six years ago, um, a guy called Masai Ujiri was made the president slash GM of uh, Toronto Raptors. And Masai Ujiri, for those who don't know, is, uh, is an African man, a very African man. Yeah. He's a Nigerian man. Yeah. Well, actually, I should, I should actually be factual he's half nigerian half okay. kenyan yes. so so his dad is nigerian his mother is kenyan um he was born in england which, oh, I, which, yeah, which i found out when i was doing some oh. some research born in bournemouth really yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, anyway he you know he was a kid who loved soccer football actually growing up um and played that until his mid-teens and then he, he found basketball yeah uh, made a great career of it played in europe well, played in europe had an okay career if, if oh, really? football? Uh, no uh Basketball. Oh, basketball, yeah. So he found basketball in his mid-teens and, you know, he played from then. And he <laughs> went to go on and play in Europe. And after his playing career in Europe, he kind of, you know, had to think about what he wanted to do. And he went over to the US. He wanted to do coaching at the time. Um, again, a guy, this guy, again, for those of you who don't know, he's very passionate about Africa and kind of um, exposing Africa's talents, Him himself coming from Africa. And so he wanted to be a coach in the US. I believe he went to, to college or university over there. And his kind of first break into into basketball, like NBA basketball there, was um, was actually kind of working with the coaches. So he would bring over talent from Africa and bring them to, to the workouts. Yeah. Um, that's what they call him in the NBA. And so he was in Orlando, and I believe he brought a talent over. And I don't think they wanted the talent. Um, so they said, listen, we're okay, we don't need the talent. And then maybe a day or two later, he got a call. I think they had, they'd had a dropout from their workout, so they called Masai back. Um, 
and they liked the guy essentially. So that kind of started a relationship, and I think he actually worked for Orlando Magic yeah, for yeah. a while yeah. for free. So it was it was an unpaid role. Really? So again, yeah, yeah. So that's it's kind of good for everyone to know. I mean, we all have to start somewhere. Yeah. For those of us trying to, um, you know, get into the industry, sometimes you know we have to just. I think he put he takes it as he said he took an inch knowing he's gonna open mm. the full doors mm. essentially. So he kind of got that role. Wow. As an unpaid assistant working at Orlando Magic. And after a year, he went to Denver, Denver Nuggets, which are another NBA franchise. And he worked there, you know, he got a few promotions and he was really enjoying it. And I mm. think through there, he came in as a scouting for Africa type of guy, you know, so he'll go to Africa. Yeah. He knows the market well. He knows the European market very well as well, which is what these NBAs, NBA teams value very highly as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he, you know, he was working hard. Um... And he got a few promotions. He then went to Toronto, I think, in 2007. Again, similar thing. Got some prom- promotions. And all the while, he's kind of building his network. He's, he's known as a very nice guy. He knows all the NBA coaches from his time with working with coaches, bringing them to, to college, for example, to go and study. So he was in Toronto, and he went back to Denver, where he kind of got his first big break. So he... he he was made GM at Denver Nuggets, mm-hmm. and um, he did a good job there, essentially. Now, one of the reasons I, I really like him, aside from the fact that he's African, is just very much his, I'd say, courage, his bravery. Yeah. So he's known for kind of pulling two of the biggest trades or deals um, in the NBA. One of them, the first one being at uh, the Denver Nuggets, regarding Carmelo Anthony. Okay. So Carmelo Anthony was traded from Denver Nuggets to the New York Knicks yeah. and Masayuji was basically behind that. Yeah. So in return for Carmelo uh, Anthony, they managed to get a really good deal, yeah. which no one really expected them to do. Um, the NBA, kind of the way it works and the, the kind of transfer of players, if you like, or the movement of players, is it, quite difficult. But essentially they managed to get, uh, I think, Raymond Felton, Wilson Chandler, Timothy Moskov, some really... Good players for Carmelo Anthony and two draft picks, like number one draft picks, I believe. So he, he did a really good deal. And so that's kind of the first time he he really established his name out there. And then, like I say, he, after going back to Denver, he moved to Toronto again, where he came the GM, the GM slash president of the mm. Toronto Raptors. Now... Like I said before, I gave you the back, the, the kind of the backstory on Toronto. They have been trying to get to the NBA Finals for a while. They always make the playoffs. Yeah. They've got a really core, core. They've got core values. They have a few players, Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry, who are kind of like mainstays of the mm-hmm. team, almost synonymous with Toronto Raptors, as well as the coach at the time, who was Dwayne Casey. Now their problem was every every year they come to the end of the season and essentially they couldn't get out of the, the Eastern Conference, LeBron James was yeah. kind of their biggest um, hurdle, obstacle, and they, could, they couldn't they could beat him, to be fair. So, Masai has essentially came in and said, listen, we have to change something. And to do that, he, trade, he ended up traded, trading DeMar DeRozan, who is probably one of the most, lo- after Vince Carter, probably the most loyal player Toronto ever had, yeah. has ever had. And so that kind of caused a lot of uproar. Um, it was a really ballsy decision to trade kind of essentially they're definitely their best player yeah a, a top 15 20 NBA player for a guy who in the previous season Kawhi Leonard who had basically fell out with his own team um and 
was thought to be a bit difficult because he refused to play. He didn't yeah. refuse to play. He was injured. His team didn't think he was injured, but yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. he maintained he was injured. So Politics. <laughs> and he was only going to get him on a, on a one-year deal, essentially. So everyone thought, like, what are you doing? Um, that in itself was a really ballsy deal. Um, he managed to get another player, Danny Green, from San Antonio Spurs, along with Kawhi, who they're both of them are championship winners, so they kind of have that experience. And so it led us on to this season where people were thinking, listen, You've, you've made a mistake here, essentially. But you can see now, for the first time, they've got to the mm. to the NBA Finals. And like I say, they're 3-2 up at the moment. And it looks like they have a really good chance yeah. of winning the NBA Finals for the first time ever. Yeah. So that's kind of some of the reason why I've highlighted Masai Ujiri. He's a very ballsy guy, intelligent guy. And he's kind of flying the flag for Africa. Like I say, he's very passionate about Africa. And that's kind of shown in the work that he still continues to do. Um, that's, again, in basketball, even with the Toronto Raptors themselves. At the moment, they've got um, some great talent. They have a, a, a Nigerian guy, OG Ananobi. And they also have Pascal Siakam, who looks like a really good yeah. prospect, a Cameroonian guy. And off the court, he's, he's involved in many many ventures. I'm sure you're aware of a few of them. Um, he's worked a lot with uh, Basketball Without Borders. He has his own... Is it Giants of Africa? Giants of Africa. So they do a lot of work in terms of just giving... Um, charity side of things, isn't exactly, it? Exactly. <coughs> charity side of things. Education. And Ghana just, dinners and whatnot. Exactly. Exactly. So <coughs> they mainly work in um, Ghana, Nigeria, Kenya and Rwanda. Yeah. So, so yeah, he's doing, he's doing a, a lot of work there. Holds events there. Um, they've even kind of he was part of the decision to kind of have like an NBA game I think yeah. it's the NBA Africa Stars yeah, versus yeah. versus the world so that in itself was kind of turned into like an all-star weekend type yeah. of vibe so it's a really good it's really good work that Masai yeah. Masai is doing um, he's really good thing, friends with Barack Obama interestingly yeah, enough yeah he was at the Raptors game he's yeah. been to Giants for Africa yeah. openings and whatnot and uh, Barack Obama's sister as well I think her name is Umar uh, I think so. They've done a lot of work in um, in Kenya, actually. Um, oh yeah, because of their heritage too. Yeah, because of their heritage, and not even just nothing to do with basketball yeah. at all as well. So he's very passionate about Africa, the sport. Um, I think they were working on a project called the Sambiri Project, which is which is essentially about saving uh, young teens from early marriage yeah. and uh, gentle mutilation, which is a yeah. big thing in um, in Africa and particularly in certain countries so he's done a lot of work and that's kind of like the work I'd like to just mm -hmm. put the spotlight on yeah. essentially <clears throat> Masai Ujiri um, yeah he's I one of, that's he, of he, yeah he could he could be for me the most important African working yeah. kind of exec or on the board yeah um, and I've just listened I've, I've listened to a, a few of these things and again funny enough when you, what you mentioned about Cynthia one of his kind of management advice is always hire women actually yeah. that was something he, he's he's very clear about i think female empowerment is, mm. is, is another um passion or yeah something he feels strongly about he said hire women um and he said be passionate more than you are ambitious which is which is mm -hmm. interesting um take from that what you will um but yeah those are some of the reasons i'm just trying to think if i if i forgot That's anything good. in that long <laughs> soliloquy but um and i know he's like and i think People, rec people recognise that too because he often talks obviously not just about Raptors but about you know, African development. Yeah. I think the African Fed 
African Development Bank. I think they had an event maybe back in the last year, this year, and he was there talking about sports investments yeah. and, and the importance of it. I think guys like him as well, like their their leadership or their influence really transcends yeah. goes beyond sport. Really, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's a really good example. So yeah, yeah. Masai Jiri guys. Decent. So let's take a little break, and then we'll come back and we'll finish up. All right. Cool. Hi guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Africa Sports Unified and I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please do let us know your thoughts. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss or people you want to join us on a podcast, then we'll be keen to know more. Connect with us on social media, AS Unified, across all platforms or simply leave a comment. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show. Alright guys, welcome back. Um, yeah, Paul, good insight, man. Thank good you. stuff about my side. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll go over another one now. Similar to my side, actually. Um, another guy who I, I, I'm not sure when I, actually, I first came across him when he came to a TEDx, can't pronounce it, TEDx, TEDx Houston. Okay. Yeah, TEDx yeah. Houston in London. A friend of mine informed me about him because obviously, you know, what we do in sports with ASU. Uh, but yeah, it's Amadou Gallofall. Yeah. Uh, tour guy. He is the VP and MD of NBA Africa. Recently appointed, actually, president of BAL, Basketball African League. Um, and also the founder of an NGO called the Seed Project. But I like him. Similar to my side, they have, like, similar stories as mm. well. Amadou wasn't like didn't grow up in Europe or anything. Senegalese, born and raised in Senegal. Obviously, like a young guy, enjoyed his basketball. Um, but then moved to the States. He was the director of player personnel at the Dallas Mavericks. Did okay. you say Masai was at Mavericks? Or no, he was at Denver. Denver. Yeah. But yeah, he was uh, involved in that role and he was there for 12 years. But at the same time, he's also involved with. Uh, NBA grassroots and Africa. So he was doing a lot of work with the grassroots, NBA grassroots, yeah. and with African companies, understanding that market, building, you know, collaborations with with brands and whatnot yeah. in, in that in that area. So I guess naturally just maybe his passion from where he's from and his knowledge at the same time. Um, and at the same time as well, he was also he also worked for the Senegalese Youth and Sport Ministry. Okay. And also the Senegalese Basketball, Basketball Federation. Um, so he's just got that whole knowledge and a whole passion about that. It's similar to what you mentioned with Masai about uh, basketball without borders. Yeah. He was heavily involved with that too. Yeah. Which yeah. kind of, which you can kind of see from the Seed Project, but I'll get into that a bit later on. Um, so yeah, he's involved with the Basketball Without Borders and also played a heavy role with the NBA and FIBA Global Elite Basketball Development Programme. Again, based in Africa. So even if you fast forward to now, seeing the whole basketball African League between NBA and FIBA and his role mm-hmm. at NBA Africa, you can see those relationships that he built earlier yeah. manifesting even now. Yeah. Um, I just like the guy because A, he's just passionate about the content about Africa, a place that's been written off a few times. Um, and also his work that he does with um, the Seed Project, because I've got um, that background in that charity stuff. Yeah. Not charity stuff. In the charity spaces. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what they do is just great. So it's not like 
they don't just make basketball players. They really try to develop young people to mm-hmm. become what they want to be in the world. I think of it's, it was founded in two thousand and two, and I think since two thousand and two, of all the intakes and the students that they've taken on, ninety five percent of those have gone on to work or study in like sixteen different countries. That's amazing. And they have so many age groups, um, different basketball teams taking them to tournaments. They have other teams coming down, giving them talks. Uh, People, individuals coming in yeah. now, giving them talks, going to Paris and just talking about what they do, giving these kids opportunities as male, female, from under 16s upwards. And it has like three tiers. You have like the, the scholars. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me get this right. I don't want to mess up. So you have the Seed Academy, you have Seed Rise, and you have Seed Scholars. Okay. So Academy is like a school. Rise is just like an after, after, after school club kind of thing. And similar with similar with the with the scholars, just like the yeah the the best type so of basically. basically building all around characters, yeah. whether it's basketball or not, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it's really good. And I think just how I think just how he conducts himself, and I just I just really like what the NBA are doing in Africa anyway. Yeah, so I good. think I'm just like maybe slightly favored or biased towards yeah. him, but just how they're building it all up, you know. And yeah, I didn't even mention about the BAL. You know, first time it's ever happening. Hmm, actually. Yeah, first time it's happening. There was another one, the yeah. CBL, yeah. that happened before. But it's the first bench that NBA and FIBA have gone into. You know, 12 teams, four countries happening next year. Just a whole build-up. It's just, everything just seems right about it, you know. Um, and yeah, kudos to the guy because he's done, he's done really, really good things. And he's going to do a lot more. Like, he, similar to my side, he talks at um, events about, not just about sport, but about, um, African development. Yeah. He really believes in youth. Um, I've actually got a quote. Let me get it out. I don't wanna, don't wanna mess it up. Mm, what did what did he say? There's a quote recently that he said, "Current leaders have a responsibility to engage and cultivate Africa's youth for active yeah. leadership." Yeah, he's very big on that. Yeah, actually, big yeah. time, big time. Yeah. And even just his ethos about you know basketball African League. I mean, great NBA and FIBA in Africa, but he's just talk. He talks about what it can bring to an economy, you know? Yeah. Boosting the economy, tourism, just help the economy grow and become hopefully better. Yeah. Nations better. Um, yeah, and we can see what the NBA are doing with all the academies in different countries. I can go on for ages about yeah. them. But I think for sure he's definitely a trailblazer. I keep saying trailblazer. But yeah, he's definitely... <laughs> they are trailblazers. Yeah, they he's definitely are. a standout guy in what he does. And um, yeah, he, he impacts a lot of people. Even like that whole basketball community. Yeah. Like you see, when he when he got announced that he was the president, I'm sure it was, everyone knew it was coming, but everyone was just really, really happy for him. I've seen him say a few times actually, just going back to kind of like the seed project and yeah. the seed academy. And he he always says like people, everyone knows who Hakeem Olajuwon is or yeah. who Dikembe Mutombo is, but he's very keen on also bringing spotlight to the Africans that are doing work off the court. So yeah. people like Masai, he's yeah. very keen on kind of promoting those yeah. stories because yeah. he's aware not everyone is going to be an athlete. Mm. You know, there are there are other opportunities and other spaces for Africans to yeah. excel. Yeah. Yeah, man. And the opportunity, the opportunity is there, you know. And as much as, you know, Africa, or even sports, <clears throat> no matter where you're coming from, has its hurdles, I mean, if you're dedicated and you put you apply yourself, like, opportunities will be there. And... As Masai said, be passionate about yeah. it, you know what I mean? Big time. Um, Paul, you get any more? Um, well, I wanted to, to actually speak about uh, someone, may, not not in the same role, but in a similar type of role, technical yeah. director, former former technical director of, of Chelsea, 
and uh, he then went on to move to Monaco, Michael Emanala. Um, but there isn't too much I could actually find on it on yeah. him. Um, he was a quiet guy. In he is, yeah, too. very, he very quiet. To himself. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I mean, what we do know of him is, yeah, he had a again. If we're going to be frank, an average career, not you know, not the most stellar career. Yeah. Um, played in the US, and then I think he played in Israel at Maccabee, uh, Tel Aviv, perhaps um, under Avram Grant, and um, yeah. So I think when Avram Grant went back to Chelsea, I think he was recruited as a. Was a scout, I want to say, yeah, I and think then so. assistant team, assistant coach, and then from that he got you know the role as a technical director, working along Maria Granovskaya, the Russian uh, Russian advisor for Abramovich, essentially, yeah. and so he you know he was he was seen as an integral part of of that Chelsea football club essentially. Um, he then went on to Monaco where he was. There for I think about eighteen months. Yeah, almost eighteen um, years. <clears throat> so you know he's a guy with great pedigree, and I'm sure he has a great story to tell. Mm. I'd love to you know to find out more about him. Yeah, and, you yeah, know yeah. perhaps bring more attention to that later. Yeah, for sure. Like I tried to, do, well, I was doing research on him too, but as you mentioned, it's difficult to find. But I think the reason why I think we mentioned him is because I think he's just he's he's highly respected at Chelsea. Yeah. Because of the work that he's done, the players yeah. that he brought through, even the change of the ethos, you know, yeah. about how they've gone about all these young talent. Yes, he was very key in that, actually. Everyone knows Chelsea have loads of young guys yeah. out, out, around, alone. Yeah. But just, it was him that brought in that ethos and the trust that he built, like Abramovich and yeah. the guys at the top. Well, it's really, it's really inspiring, you know. Be good to hear his story. Yeah, I've actually met him. I won't say met, let me not, let me not exaggerate. <laughs> I was in the same room as him one time. He was receiving an award. Excuse me. At the um, there's a celebration that goes on in London, uh, football blacklist awards, um, run by Leon Mann and Rodney Hines. Uh, but yeah, he he receives an award for his work there. So yeah. it's happening. But he's just very you know, keeps himself to himself, me guy. <coughs> but let's let's put out. Let's get Michael on, <coughs> on a podcast one day. Let's yeah, put it out there. Anyone know Michael Manalo? <laughs> let us know who we are. <laughs> um, I've got, I've got. Mm, Two, but mm, I definitely I'll say one with Vim, and then the other one we'll see. Um, but another, I think there's a theme with the people that I mentioned. They're kind of like I won't say charity, but they like they they really on like giving back. Yeah. Um, I say this because the next person I want to mention is Tom Vernon. Many people may have heard of him already. If you haven't, this guy is a legend. <laughs> really is. He is the owner of Right to Dream Academy. They are one of, if not the biggest academies in, not just in Africa, but the world. I'd say the biggest, yeah. Um, for sure. He used to be the former uh, Africa scout for Manchester United. But yeah, Tom Vernon, he started Right to Dream in, in 1999. He actually loves Ghana. He calls it his home. And if you see the complex... That they've built there. They have like a it's, it's like a school, it's like an academy. They scout young guys, young females, young players, bring them to the academy, they have everything there, you know, school, food, even a pastor, you know, because you know, faith and religion is big over there. All of that is catered for them to apply themselves to football um, and educate themselves too. So if they if they don't get a professional football contract, then they can get a scholarship to a university. And Tom is very much on that. He is very much on developing players, not just footballers, but outside of football. 
he there's many articles of you know him talking about some of the kids that have come through and he says they get so much pleasure from knowing the actual person and not just like you know they're just there to play football but you know they they build up these guys they educate them on, on life and and about the continent too and he's very much so about you know the growth of africa and africa like growing organically um yeah i think he's just a trailblazer for sure because my first thing that I wanted to do was like have an academy in Africa. Mm. So I done some research and I just found the right to dream everywhere. Yeah. And even now, how they're going in, I'm not sure if you guys have seen it, but they're producing content now. And that is again, it's like really changing people's perspective about you can create this con- this sort of content uh, on sports in Africa. Yeah. And yeah, he's even, he, I spoke to him once on the phone before. It's like, yeah, it's really turning people's heads. And because they've been in the, in the, in the space for so long, they really understand that market. And so they're getting brands and organizations saying, how do you like connect and engage, you know? Mm. And there's many opportunities there for them. But what I just touched on too, similar to what I just touched on just now about longevity. What's that word? Longevity. Thank you. Longevity. <laughs> um, they've been in the game, like I mentioned, 1989. Yeah. So it's tough. They've had challenges even from like... Um, governments and whatnot but they've been in the game and, and, and they've stuck it out and you can see the fruits of, of their labour um, but yeah I think they're a great charity great organisation he's even now the chairman of uh, FC Norseland yeah. in, in Denmark yeah. and yeah a lot of the players from Right to Dream come over to Denmark there's been some big players actually yeah yeah big players and even just not only just the players but it's changed the perspective of the Danish kids too it's like it, it opens up their eyes to not just football but you know, world culture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's really, really good. So Keep that's another good day. work. Yeah, good work. Up to the guys at uh, Right to Dream. Tom for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, man. They've uh, they're doing really, really good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, any anyone else on your side? Um, th- there were a few other people. Again, <laughs> yeah. What one of them actually would have been really controversial yeah. to be honest with you. Um. El Haji Juf. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it was, it was difficult finding information, but I know he was doing a lot of work in uh, in Senegal. Yeah. With the with the prime minister actually um, to kind of promote sport in Senegal mm. and promote um, football in particular. Yeah. But g- generally speaking, it was to do with health. So um, I think I did try to look, and I think the latest thing I saw is he, he might run for president. So. Oh, really. So yeah, that, I'm sure that would have been yeah, exactly. That would have been a controversial one, especially for for Liverpool, Bolton, yeah. and Celtic fans, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. No, he's a he's an interesting character. Um, I actually had one more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Kirsty Coventry. Um, if you guys go on our Instagram, there was a post that we done about her, um, similar to Geoff, no former. She's a former athlete, swimmer, world champion. Uh, the most... Where's she from? Zimbabwe. Okay. White lady from Zimbabwe, yeah. Um, so, yeah, even even that, when I posted, it, like, oh, wow. People ask, are you sure she's from Zimbabwe? <laughs> like, yeah, she she, she is. Um, she's the most coveted um, Olympian in Africa. I think she won, like, seven gold medals. She's broken records at the World Championships. You know, she's champion for many disciplines in, in swimming um, within Zimbabwe and Africa, too. But... She was such a, uh, a standout individual, and now she's transitioning into a government position. She's um, 
involved like the Ministry of of Youth and Sport in, in Zimbabwe. And she's yeah, she's she's challenging perception, she's trying to bring real change. And I think just who she is as a person is is yeah. Definitely makes her one that I'm I'm gonna mention too. Nice. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it'll be interesting after you guys hear this to see who you think, you know, yeah. who you think are some of the trailblazers, yeah. <laughs> if you like it, kind of representing Africa. Yeah, for sure. So definitely give feedback on that. Yeah, let us know, guys. Um, I know we mentioned, what, two and three each. And some of you guys will be thinking, these are the obvious ones. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let, us, let us know your thoughts. It'll be good to hear. Um, it's what we're about, you know, trying to build a community, celebrate people who are doing what they're doing, you may not be recognised, um, and yeah, just shine a light on them and show them some appreciation. Um, but even from, from what we've mentioned briefly, do you think there's like a common theme between all of the people we've mentioned? I think there was until Kirsty. Kirsty, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. What was I mean, that? Kirsty obviously is very different. Firstly, yeah. one, she's a woman. Yeah. And it's, it's great to have women kind of representing Africa. Yeah. Um, the other thing is she had, unlike the others, I'd say she had a stellar career. Yeah, actually that's in, true. In sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. So yeah, those are kind of the obvious, yeah, the obvious yeah, that's true. differences. That but I mean, true. it's good to see they're all, the one that, the common thing is that they're all giving back mm, to, mm, to Africa mm. or trying to make a difference in Africa. Yeah. What about you? Um, I don't know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think just, just the passion. Yeah. And like the, they're very deliberate in, you know, developing Africa, be it going there, helping, yeah. helping talent or yeah. having like charities and NGOs. They're very yeah. deliberate about that. And it seems like that's been happening for a while. Yeah. Um, like with Basketball Without Borders, a C project, what Cynthia is doing. Yeah. It's not just a sudden, yeah. I'm going to do this, but exactly. it's something they've, they've, they've done from the start. I think, I mean, it seems as though they're, yeah, they're not just there for the profit, you know, to yeah. actually build something long term and sustainable. Yeah. Which is what it's all about. Where is uh, Kirsty based? She's based in Zimbabwe. She's based in Zimbabwe. Yeah. And Cynthia based in Kenya as well. Yeah, they travel. They travel. That's where they're based. Yes, yeah. Because obviously you have Masai, who's who's based in Toronto yeah. uh, now, but he's he travels from what I see and hear. He's always in Africa. Yeah. So, uh, and I know uh, Amadou. He obviously was based in the US for I think about twenty years. Actually, yeah. he is now based in South, South Africa, Africa, where NBA Africa yeah. is run out of. I think they've been there almost ten years. Yeah, ago. still travels a lot too. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. So it's good to to see them. Again, mm. on the ground, on for the sure. ground makes a big difference, and that is important. Being on the ground every yeah. summer, every August, uh, Masai is in in Africa to run his camp. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's brilliant. Um, but yeah, guys, please let us know your thoughts. Um, who else would you class as? You know, one of the top execs in the African sports market. Let us know your thoughts. Yeah, we're interested to hear from you guys for sure. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. Again, subscribe, um, like, share, and watch out for the new series on Instagram about um, unsung pioneers, which is similar to this. What we're talking about yeah. is people, you know, in the boardroom who you may not necessarily have heard of before, but actually, you know, paving the way for how sports would be in, in the future and shaping not just Africa but sports as a whole. You know, we're including Africa in the global sports um, economy. But thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. See you and soon. see you soon. Take care.